Everyone has an Uncle Ben. Everyone's got an Uncle Ben. Yep. In fact, they point that out in the movie. Everybody had their Uncle yep. Ben. Well, who is Spider Ham's? He, I don't think he says. He just says that, you know, the hardest part of this job is you can't save everyone. Something like that. Which is like a very profound line for a pig in a spider right, a pig in a spider costume. suit. You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we review your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries available on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Medstaff with your host, Jamie Zarlingo. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie and today I have a very special guest with me. Um, He's been on the show before. Uh, It's Mr. Brayden Bokes. How you doing? Great. Very special is in fact how I would describe myself. (laughs) Oh good, okay. Um, So uh, moving forward with the podcast, it's just going to be me, but I'm going to have a special guest every week, so uh, you'll be able to hear some of our fellow recruiters, uh, client managers, compliance, all of the above on our show. So we'll give a chance for more of the Atlas family to talk about their favorite movies and television shows. I asked Brayden to join me for this one and to bring me uh, something that we could review. This one is on Netflix. Um, I think it was recently put on there because it's still a pretty new movie. Um, and all of our Marvel fans are going to be going to be happy with this one. This is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is an animated film. It was released in December of 2018, um, and it won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, which is pretty awesome considering how Disney films, um, particularly Pixar films, usually win that every single year. And this film was the first time a non-Disney or Pixar film won since 2011, which was Rango, which I believe is DreamWorks. And it was the first non-Pixie... the first non-Disney Pixar film since Happy Feet, which came out in 2006 to win that award when a Disney or Pixar film was also in contention. So that's pretty cool. So this is weird, and this is my brain doing what my brain does, but Ringo and Django Unchained, in my mind, are somehow always flipped, (laughs) which, considering the content of either movie, uh, is not... Not no. something to mix up. No, I've actually never seen Rango. Have you? I have because I love children's movies. Well, me too. I don't know why I never saw it. It was has, okay. Uh, has um, Johnny Depp in it, right? Mm-hmm. He's the gecko. Yep. He's a gecko, right? No, some sort of lizard in the desert <laughs> doing Ringo stuff. Anyway, um, so yeah, I had been wanting to watch this one. Frankly, I am not a big superhero fan. I, I don't know what it is. I um, I did grow up on the Spider-Man trilogy with um, Mr. Tobey Maguire, who um, I to me is the OG, the, the true Spider-Man. Although 
Tom Holland is pretty good too. I haven't even seen the new ones, but I just think he's adorable. You are in for a real disappointment. Oh, oh, am I? Yeah. Okay. Tom Holland is generally considered to be kind of like a. Wait, no. Tobey Maguire. Say you mean? No. Who are you thinking and, of? We're literally skipping over who I'm trying to talk about. Andrew oh, Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Is the worst one. Yeah. That's just. Which is weird. True. I thought that Andrew Garfield. Other, than, I think Tom Holland is a much better Spider-Man, but I actually really liked Andrew Garfield, and I hate Tommy McGuire as Spider-Man. Yeah, he's like forty years old, like, <laughs> but he's in high school. Like, it's the most uncomfortable, like, introduction story. But also with Spider-Man and all of these changes and reboots and everything, if I have to see Uncle Ben die <laughs> one more time, I'm gonna kick myself in my face. Like, I just can't go through that again. I, it is sad. It like, is. Every single Spider-Man, Uncle Ben dies. Uncle Ben dies. Come on. I know. And now we might get it again if <laughs> Sony decides to be real butts. Yeah, and just reboot it again. Yeah. I kind of want to talk about that after we go into the plot, just like all of the Spider-Man reboots and like the musical that never was. Um, but we'll get into that. So uh, um, we'll just kind of dive into the plot here. Um, so again, like I said, it's an animated feature. And let me just say, if you have not seen this yet, it is beautifully animated. It is one of the most visually stunning films I've ever seen. It's just, it looks like a comic book. The colors are great. That just, everything about it is really cool and just different than just like a typical animated feature. I thought they did a great job with that. It has an awesome soundtrack too, mm-hmm. but you could just mute that whole film and I would <laughs> and just be, watch it. I'd be okay just watching it. I know, it's it's great. Um, So it starts off with a um, an actual teenager and actually I think he's in middle school. I think this is like the youngest uh, Spider-Man we've ever had. Um, I could be wrong. It's a high school. Yeah, I, 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 I thought I'm he was middle, sure school, middle school, but like late middle school. He's young. He's like young teens. Anyway, um, Miles Morales uh, is our is our lead here. He um, struggles to live up to the expectations of his father, who is a police officer. Um, and there, of course, is a Spider-Man already in this universe. Um, and that's something uh, I'll just kind of touch on real quick. I didn't realize how crazy the spider-man universe is i mean there are so many different versions of spider-man i didn't realize there actually was like a multiverse already so like this movie is kind of just taking some of these other versions of spider-man and bringing them all together which for somebody who is kind of unfamiliar with the marvel universe the spider-man multiverse was a little confusing but definitely really cool um and fun to kind of learn about you know, these other versions of Spider-Man. So anyway, there already is a Spider-Man in this universe. And then Miles, um, yeah, he's uh, going to a private school, boarding school, um, doesn't feel like he really fits in, kind of feels like a weirdo. Um, but he's close to this, his uncle, Aaron Davis, who, um, again, another uncle. Um, he sneaks out from his boarding school to go um, paint graffiti, which again, beautiful really cool Um, and while he's there he gets bitten by a radioactive spider and that's where he starts to you know like the story we all know um starts getting his spider-like abilities and this is another funny thing in the beginning 
Spider-Man is like narrating, like I'm Spider-Man and this is my story. You all know the story. And he kind of talks about like, and then I did this and he shows like the dance moves from Spider-Man three, which Mm -hmm. I think everyone can agree is the worst (laughs) Spider-Man film, probably just the worst superhero film ever made. It's so bad. Oh boy. You need to watch more superhero. (laughs) I guess I do. Halle Berry, Catwoman. Really? Yeah. Would you say that's the worst one? It's all. I mean, it's on the it's on the way, but there's a lot, there's a lot of really bad ones. I heard Green Hornet's really bad too. Not yeah. Green Hornet. No, that's Green the one. Lantern, Green, you Green, mean? Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was just garbage. God awful. The original Hulk, I guess, was really bad. Uh, you mean with Lou Ferrigno, or you mean no, not that, not that Hulk. Okay. The came the, out in early two thousands, I think. The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, before. Uh, it was okay. Oh, oh my gosh. What is his name? I feel... Oh my God. Doug. Who's, who's the new one? What? D- Doug. No, the actor. I know. What, what is his name? I know it. I, it's, I told you before I ever came on here, it's your job to know actor names. My, You know what it is. And I know. That's why I'm so upset with myself right now. I know Hold who you're on. talking about. The um, new Hulk is... What is his... Yeah, okay. So there was the one that came out in t- 2003 that apparently was horribly... It's not bad. Mark Ruffalo. Oh, my God. Ruffalo. Love him. Um, that one's not bad, and it's actually part... It's canon for the MCU universe. So it's actually part of the current the superhero like world universe. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, so, um, so Miles goes back to the... Um, the subway station where he did the graffiti to try to find this spider and that's where he discovers a particle accelerator called the super collider built by kingpin who is our main villain in this story um he wants to be able to have access to parallel universes and um miles notices that spider-man is there he's trying to disable the collider fighting uh kingpins enforcers green goblin and prowler and we have seen green goblin in the toby Maguire series um played by a uh, mr uh willem dafoe who i thought did a, actually a great job in that role personally as the greenland or the green, green goblin. goblin oh yeah i thought he did great yeah that crazy face um was prowler in any of the other ones no no okay so he's new to this one um and then spider-man saves miles but he ends up getting killed um so this spider-man dies um, but he gives Miles a USB that will disable the accelerator, warns that the machine could destroy the entire city if it is reactivated. And um, because of of this, that's where we get all of these other Spider-Men into the story. But they don't come just yet. So Miles tries out his newfound abilities in a Spider-Man costume, but he damages the USB drive after he fell off a building. And um, when he goes to visit Spider-Man's grave, he meets Peter B. Parker, um, another alternate Spider-Man. And he's an older and worn down version of Spider-Man from another dimension. This is one where he kind of lets himself go. He gets a little depressed. He married um, Mary Jane Watson, but then they got divorced. And so he has all these regrets. Hashtag yes regrets. Um, and so... He, uh, upon meeting him, he, Miles, inadvertently discovers a power to emit a bioelectric venom blast to disable his victim. I don't know if you could tell, but I'm actually reading 
the <laughs> Wikipedia description because <laughs> I want to make sure I don't forget anything. Um, and then Peter decides reluctantly to help train Miles um, to save the city. And they, it's in Brooklyn, too, which is, um, I guess, not that important, but... Anyway, so Miles is discovering all of his abilities. He's able to turn invisible. And um, when he's in Kingpin's uh, research facility, he's confronted by um, Olivia Octavius, a.k.a. Dr. Octopus, who um, takes DNA samples from Peter, revealing he will die due to cellular decay if he stays in their dimension. So this is kind of important towards the big, you know, climax of the film. All these alternate Spider-Men have to go back to their dimension or they will basically disintegrate and die. Basically. Basically. Um, Both Miles and Peter are rescued by Gwen Stacy, who um, Miles actually meets earlier in the movie at school, and she's trying to hide her identity in a bit. There's this kind of funny scene. He's trying to flirt with her very poorly, and um, his, like, spider fingers get stuck in her hair, and she has to shave her hair, and so she has this weird haircut and it's pretty cute their little the little moments together and then we find out why kingpin wants to open these other dimensions which is to find another version of his wife and son who were murdered in a car accident um which to me makes him not such a bad guy like he just misses his family you know, but I, you know, he's still a villain, and you know, murdering people, Act- actively trying to, you know, murder people and rip yeah. apart the universe. You know, right. yeah, but no, he's he's just misunderstood. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. His intentions aren't horrible, like deep down. His intention is to kill Spider-Man and kill anybody that gets in his way. But and do we know why he hates Spider-Man? Because they do that flashback where, and why we find out, you know, his is you know origin story, I guess. Um, he's like attacking Spider-Man and his wife and kid come in the room and they're like, <gasps> and they run away. And then that's when they get in the car accident. So do we know why? Has he just always hated Spider-Man? Well, he's a villain and <laughs> Spider-Man's the good guy. So, but what is his, like, down, what's his motivation? Evil. Just evil. Just crime. Just, just okay. crime in general. Okay. okay. It's good versus evil. Yeah. yeah. It's a tale as old as time itself. Song as old as rhyme. Um, not Disney. Okay, so... Let it go, let it go. I was actually singing and dancing to that song with my son, and my husband was making fun of me. Anyway. Not part of the <laughs> Spider-Man universe. No, it's not. Um, so yeah, we find out his why he's opening these alternate dimensions, and um, we find other versions of Spider-Man, including Spider-Ham, um, who is played by John Mulaney, Love this character. Obviously, you can tell by the name he is a pig. Not to be confused with Spider Pig from The Simpsons. <laughs> no, different Spider. Spider Pig. Spider Pig does whatever a Spider Pig. I can. loved that movie, by the way. Can he swing from, from a web. web. No, no, we can't. can't. He's, he's a pig. pig. Look out! Look out. He's a spider, a spider pig. pig. Yeah. We sang that, but we replaced Gabby's name with it. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's My wife cute. does that a lot. That's really cute. Um, anyway, yeah, another good film. The Simpsons came out in 2007, full-length film. Anyway, we also meet Spider-Man Noir, who is, like, from the Depression era, played by Nicolas Cage, who fits this part perfectly. 
um, Penny Parker, who is like a Japanese version of Spider-Man, played by Kimiko Glenn, who was made famous, I think, I don't know her from anything else, um, Orange is the New Black, and she was also um, in one of the Broadway runs of Waitress, which is kind of cool. Um, anyway. Did you so, mention she's in Orange is the New Black? I just did. Did you not it hear me? It literally just happened. It just happened. I blacked out there for just like just that one part. I'm like, I know a fact about this. Yeah. And then did you? Uh, I don't know if you guys knew, but um, Braden was in Vegas. I think he's still feeling it a bit oh because he just forgot. He didn't even hear what I just said. Oh boy! And I'm usually such a good listener. <laughs> anyway, so the group they all well where they meet all these other Spider Men, um, they go to. Um, Peter's aunt May Parker's house and this is where she's sheltering all these other Spider-Men they realize you know that they all are alternate versions of Spider-Man and they have these like glitches where you know they're starting to deteriorate and they're like okay we need to disable this collider so we can all go back to our own dimensions but Smiles offers to disable the collider so the others can return home they but they tell me he lacks experience so um he goes to his uncle Aaron's house where he discovers that his uncle is actually the prowler and he returns to aunt may's house um where penny has completed the new drive that had been destroyed however he's followed by kingpin prowler octavia scorpion and tombstone there's a huge brawl miles runs away but he's captured by aaron unmasks him and that's when he realizes oh this is my nephew he's not going to kill him and so then um aaron is shot by fisk uh kingpin and so uh miles tries to you know take him away but he ends up dying and then um his dad sees his son mourning over Aaron and he is like oh Spider-Man did it Spider-Man killed him so this is when they regroup in Miles' dorm room Peter B. Parker uh restrains him with his web to make sure that he stays safe and he doesn't try to you know try to help them basically they still think he doesn't have enough experience to help and he's going to sacrifice himself and stay behind by deactivating the collider and this is when miles's dad arrives outside of his door they haven't had the best relationship he hasn't been returning his calls he's been really worried about him but he apologizes to him from the outside of the door really sweet moments father and son um and then miles is like nope i'm gonna go kick some ass and he masters his powers in time goes to aunt may's she helps him gain some wedge web shooters and um, gets this whole new really cool suit and then he joins the heroes and they defeat kingpin in this really cool and again beautifully animated battle scene um which is just just really awesome and colorful kingpin and miles they fight throughout the collider and uh his dad ends up seeing it and he's there during this whole time the city's kind of all glitching and it looks like it's falling apart and so everyone's kind of panicking so jefferson goes to you know the scene the battle and um miles is nearly killed jefferson realizes that spider-man is not the enemy and encourages him and then miles paralyzes kingpin with his venom blast throws him at the kill switch destroying the collider and then kingpin and all of his enforcers are arrested and jefferson recognizes spider-man as a hero and then miles realizes his true destiny embraces his responsibilities and his new life to be the new spider-man in this universe and then all the other versions of spider-man go back to their dimensions return to their lives and try to move on and kind of 
work on themselves. So like Peter Parker tries to repair his relationship with Mary Jane. There's actually a pretty funny scene where um, the noir uh, Nicholas Cage's version of Spider-Man is trying to figure out a Rubik's cube, but because his universe is in black and white, he doesn't get it. Um, but he's, I guess he solves it in the new un- in back in his universe. Penny's robot that she had that was destroyed in the battle. She repairs it. Spider-Ham is enjoying a hot dog. <laughs> and then Gwen and Miles find a way to contact across dimensions. So that is into the Spider-Verse. So, like I said, um, for somebody who is not really familiar with the Marvel Universe, the Spider-Man Universe, like I said, I mean, I've seen all of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. I saw the first Andrew Garfield one, and that's it. I haven't seen any other ones. I didn't read any of the comics, and I have not seen any of the Avengers films, really any of the other Marvel films. So for me, it was a little confusing on what was going on, but I still think it's easy enough to follow and it's beautifully enough animated. The story is fun. It's, you know, family, a family film, I would say. I thought it was great. And I think if you're, you know, a huge comic book fan, just a Spider-Man fan, Marvel movie fan, you will love this if you haven't seen it already. I would assume if you're a fan of any of those things, you will have seen it by this point. But um, yeah, Brayden, what are your thoughts on it? Visually stunning. I mean, that was, I love superhero movies. I'm not like super well-versed in terms of like the depth that you need to know everything about not like, like rich, comics right? or anything. I'm not rich. <laughs> I like movies. I love watching them. Um, and that's kind of, like I recognize the amount of depth in the stories that these movies have. And this one is exactly the same. Um, I think it was a good story. It was different. And I think that that's really important. Um, you know, Sony has been licensing out live action Spider-Man to Marvel. And in order for them to take advantage of like the superhero hype that's going on, you know, obviously for the last decade Mm -hmm. they tried with two different versions of their spider-man they kind of flopped um this was different like this was different than any anything that anybody else is doing and i think that that's a big part of where the success of this movie came from Mm -hmm. is it's not the same it's not the avengers it's not trying to be yeah it's its own thing it it exists on its own it doesn't have to be a part of any other series it's just its own and actually um a sequel slash spin-offs are in the works based on this film so i think that's cool it's going to just be its own thing and i really enjoyed it so i would definitely watch those other spin-offs but before we get into um some more details about the film and um some easter eggs i know brayden you brought a lot with you to discuss um let's talk about what else we are watching Now, let's take a quick break for our segment, Side Streaming, where we catch up on some of the other content we're watching on Netflix, Hulu, Prime, and more. So, Brayden, in your spare time as a still new dad, what else are you watching? 
Um, what am I watching? Netflix has been putting out a a lot of their own original content and like single season shows mm-hmm. about cars and car restorations that oh. I am like <laughs> just plowing through, pun intended. <laughs> um like I love cars. It's a big hobby of mine and I love watching like these rust bucket POS kind of cars get <laughs> Oh, look, we've got a $1,000 budget. It's basically HGTV, but for but me. But for cars. Yeah. Oh, oh, but for you. But for I me. See. Well, you know, for car people. Um, let's see. What's the one that I watched? There's, I think there was one called like the fastest car. Let's see. Yeah. Fastest car. There's Rust Valley Restorers. So mm. Rust Valley Restorers is based in Canada or like British british columbia like that kind of area Mm -hmm. and this guy has basically spent 40 years collecting junk junk cars that have potential to be restored and they're all like they're all old cars they're all classic cars a lot of muscle cars and it's basically he built the shop around taking all these like sort of crappy cars and then he just rebuilds them and then sells them as like muscle cars that like regular people can afford and the acting is nonsense and it's terrible (laughs) but like i get to watch these cars go from like garbage to zero to really cool cars yeah i love an underdog story so (laughs) i've been watching a lot of car stuff on netflix i didn't even notice that i mean there's a lot of them there's a lot of just like stuff coming up on netflix i think it's because they're losing so much in the next couple of years mm-hmm. i just found out parks and rec isn't going to be on netflix anymore Boo. um same with the office friends um because nbc is you know creating their own streaming service which of as course. much as it pisses me off i'm going to get a subscription so i can continue my office obsession and parks and rec too um parks and rec is better yeah, we, we've had this conversation. I know. They, they heard this already. Just wanted to reestablish. Um, I am finishing up season five of Breaking Bad. Okay. For the second time, all the way through. Obsessed with the show. As you know, season five, some big plot points happen. I won't ruin it in case Rich is listening because I have been bugging him for weeks. I mean, I literally every single day ask him if he started watching it yet. And also, Brayden, have you ever watched Breaking Bad? I've watched like two or three seasons and I just can't get into it. Oh my God. This is like, eh. That's really upsetting. Man, eh. Breaking Bad's like one of the best television shows of all time. It's no Parks and Rec. <laughs> no, it's not. It's entirely different. Yeah. But. Um, Could you imagine a Parks and Rec, like a world, a, a multiverse, <laughs> so to speak, where Parks and Rec, like the, the cast of Parks and Rec is also running meth? like you know what i love those um those like people who make like a a trailer and turn it from like a comedy into like a horror film Mm -hmm. or something just like based on like music and there is one of mrs doubtfire where it's like if mrs doubtfire were a horror film oh no and it's so funny i have to watch (laughs) it actually like i love mrs doubtfire well so do i but like it's like really well done like it actually looks like it could be a horror movie like can you imagine like knowing that your like estranged husband is actually your like live-in maid basically right. like i mean it's kind of like if it didn't have the the fun aerosmith tunes it's basically <laughs> somebody is impersonating somebody else to sneak into your home i mean 
Yeah. Oh my God. But it's Robin Williams, so it's, it's, Robin it's, it's Williams, funny. So it's okay. Yeah. No, but um, but that would be funny. You know, I think about all the time, you know, different crossovers of shows, or if they were, you know, a, a, you know, drama as opposed to a comedy. But that would be funny if Parks and Rec, if the the deeper story of that is they are selling meth. Yeah, like, you know, Tommy Fresh when he stumbles <laughs> upon hard times, like actually stumbles on hard times. Mm-hmm. Starts doing drugs. Starts selling don't that crystal. Be don't, don't, don't be, be suspicious. suspicious. Don't, don't be suspicious. Oh, too you know what good. else I've been watching? What else? Um, I love The Good Place. I want to get into that. I haven't actually like had a chance to like sit down and watch it. it but is, I've heard it's a great show. It is so wholesome. Like it's wholesome comedy, and it's people like trying to be better. Yeah. And I just love it because it's just like. It's Isn't just it like, ending? Probably. Isn't it? Are All they under like last then. season? Right. But that's the thing with Breaking Bad is they ended after five seasons because they knew they'd reached the end of their story. Mm-hmm. And there are some shows that just go on and on and on when they should have quit 10 years ago, which some people would say about like The Simpsons or like Big Bang Theory went on for too long. Friends went on for too long. You. No, wait, no. I'm thinking of Seinfeld, not Friends. Oh. I, I would never trash talk Seinfeld, mostly because I didn't really watch it. So <laughs> For just a second, I thought we were going to be very good friends, but Aww. now it's... Well, no, my dad watched it when I was growing up, when it was on. Aww. And so, like, I, I have fond memories of it. I just never, like... It's not one of those shows that I'm like, I'm going to watch it from beginning to end, now that I have the wonderful opportunity because of streaming platforms. It's in my rotation. Like, it's basically Parks and Rec, Seinfeld, and... And these classic car shows. No. Or restory, like, restoring car shows. No, those I have to burn through on my own. But oh, okay. Like, Parks and Rec and Seinfeld are kind of like the two shows my wife and I just flip-flop as are, like, always watching. Um, when I first met and started dating my wife... I hadn't watched Seinfeld, and so some of our earliest, oh. like, lazy dates where we didn't, like, go out were just watching Seinfeld and oh. ordering pizza. That's sweet. So you got those those good memories with Seinfeld then. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, I'm also watching um, season nine of Shameless, which just got put on Netflix. It did? Yeah. I have to watch it. I love Shameless. Shameless is great. They're terrible people. They really are. All the time. I think, in my personal opinion, the show is not as good as it used to be. But, I mean, after nine seasons, are you going to be as good as you were in the first two, three? But, I mean, I can't stop. I need to know what's going to happen with these people. I need to know what's going to happen with Fiona and all the kids and how they're going to, you know, ruin their lives next. But they all kind of seem to be slowly pulling themselves together except for frank who was always just a piece of shit in this season actually i'm only on episode like three he is trying to there's like a local like uh election going on and he's trying to there's a um a gay hispanic man running and then a um like black woman running they're the only two running and he is you know because he's frank is complaining that there's not a white man standing up for him and all the other white men. So he rallies behind this man named Mo White, who apparently used (laughs) to be in government (laughs) and is trying to get him back into government. So his slogan is Mo White, Mo Right, or something like that. Very obvious what it's trying to pull at here. 
Um, and then you find out that this man is actually like a convicted sex offender. So yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting so far. So he's got a lot of redeeming qualities. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can't get over every time in Shameless. I think, you know what? This one character, and this applies to every single character in <laughs> every that show. Gallagher. <laughs> every single one. Oh, look. They're finally making good choices. They're starting to pull themselves, you know, pull themselves up and be better people. And then they just blow it up in every time, just deliciously explosive fashion. They just ruin their own lives. Like they are all their own worst enemies, but also the worst enemies of any person they run to. Like nobody is ever better for meeting a Gallagher. I, my biggest thing is like Fiona is constantly like she's actually way better off now than she was in the beginning you know she's you know into real estate she actually finally lives on her own like she's she's doing okay but she's always just like destroying the men that come into her life and she's always (laughs) like i'm gonna settle down with this person and then just completely ruins it or it's very rarely situations she just finds really screwed up guys who ruin it on their own I'm interested to see what's going to happen with her because this is her last season. She's so. not a redeeming character in that no. whole show. No, none of them are. I would say maybe Liam, but he's only, you know, like but, six, seven years old, however old he's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. maybe He's literally too young to talk or make his own decisions, and that's the most redeeming character. <laughs> like, he literally just doesn't have the capacity to nope. be a terrible person yet. Nope. But boy, he'll get there. All right. Well, that concludes what we're watching now. Everything. (laughs) Okay, everybody. Welcome back to our review of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. One thing I want to talk about first is um, the cast in this film. Almost every single character in this is a big name, which I didn't realize until I went to like IMDb and I looked at all the uh, the voice actors in this, and it's incredible. Um, Shamik Moore plays Miles. Unfortunately, I don't honestly know what else he's from. I do. You, is he in anything else? So he's the new kid on the block. New, new. You know, we'll continue this with the series with all the sequels. Um, Jake Johnson is um, Peter B. Parker, made famous from New Girl. Of course, is in other uh, films, but I would say that's probably his biggest uh, his biggest title. Um, Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy, Mahershala Ali as Aaron Davis, um, Lily Tomlin as Aunt May, Zoe Kravitz as Mary Jane Watson, and she has like two lines, so I thought that was pretty cool that she had you know that part um john mulaney like i said as spider ham kimiko glenn nicholas cage katherine hahn as uh dr octopus which i thought was great and leah schreiber as kingpin a couple other voice and- actors chris pine lake bell jorma tacone and post malone was a voice actor in this too Hell in addition yeah. to being on the soundtrack so they got a stacked cast here and um and we had talked about the the soundtrack too is incredible. Um, Post Malone's on it. Lil Wayne, I think um, Chance the Rapper is too. Or am I making that up? Uh, I don't remember him being in it, but he's referenced in it. Okay, but yeah, I mean the soundtrack's great. Just like like I said, watching this is great. But I mean, I could just watch like a music video 
in this style to some of these songs. Like it's just so visually and I guess audibly appealing. Pleasing. Pleasing. To the eyes and the ears. Yes. Um, I wanted to bring up to uh, the writers and producers of this film. Um, so Philip Lord wrote and produced this film. He also directed and wrote Cloudy of the Chance of Meatballs, which is, I think, another great film. And based. referenced in the film. It is. You're right. Um, also a great book. Um, the Lego Movie, which is also amazing. And also 21 and 22 Drum Street, two fantastic films. Um <laughs> It is also produced by Christopher Miller. He's kind of his like partner, Lord's partner in all of the films. Um, also produced by um, A.V. Arad, Amy, I probably butchered that, um, Amy Pascal and Christina Steinberg and Rodney Rotham also co-wrote the screenplay and directed the film. And something that I thought was interesting is when I was doing a little research on this film, so I'm sure you could tell that Gwen and Miles are supposed to kind of have a romance. Like they're kind of interested in each other. They're both around the same age, but there was actually supposed to be a much deeper love story in this film, but they decided to scrap it, but they kept Gwen in the story because of Christina Steinberg. She was like, you need to keep her in, but we don't really need this love story, which I personally appreciated because I hate when there just has to be a love story in a movie. Like it can't just exist how it is learning about these characters, letting them grow without having to have a love interest. But I just, I love, I love the guys who made this film. Like they made a point to um, make it look very comic booky. They wanted you to feel like you were literally walking into a comic book when you watch this film, which I think is so true. And I think this type of story would not have been able to be told in a live action film. I think they really went the right route making this animated. It would have completely flopped if it had been live action. I think they really hit the mark with the animation here. And again, just like how they animated it. It wasn't just a cartoon. Like it looked so like a real, like it almost like trippy in a way, but like cool. Not, I don't know. I wouldn't say that tripping isn't cool. I'm not condoning drug use here. But I, can't, I can't wait to watch you get out of this one. <laughs> but I just, I loved, I loved how it was animated. And like I said, it would not have succeeded live action just couldn't be told that way so the visuals from into the spider-verse are so spectacularly unique that sony is actually working on a patent on the style really right now yep Hmm. interesting and factoid all right what else you got for us breeden with all your notes what else you got for me okay so i didn't even know where to start with this. There are so many Easter eggs and so many little like nuanced details, which is probably my favorite thing about superhero movies as Mm -hmm. a, you know, in addition to just the raw action that you get from, you know, stuff blowing up, which Mm -hmm. is always cool. It's never not cool. Um, but here, let's just get into, so the characters, um, having two main Peter Parkers. So the first Peter Parker that dies in miles Morales's, uh, universe is actually so I don't know if you notice he has blonde hair mm-hmm. not brown hair and that's actually a nod to a Peter Parker clone uh, from which one I'm not even going to try and pick out which like spin-off like, comics these which are all issue from. it is but... but in so in oh in the 90s there's a clone saga 
like series. And so there is a clone of Peter Parker named uh, Ben Riley, who is also a Spider-Man. So there is kind of a question on if Peter Parker in the main universe from this movie is actually Ben uh, Ben Riley. Hmm. I don't think that they are saying that he is, but it's definitely a nod there. That yeah. There's this different Peter Parker. Um, there is a multiverse in Spider-Man. Like there's a lot of background with there being different Spider-Men throughout the years. Um, and the Spider-Man played by Jake Johnson, like the mm-hmm. kind of like old fat Spider-Man <laughs> doesn't know if he wants to do it anymore. Wearing sweatpants. Yep. So you see on the monitors at one point when they go back to their universes that he is from um, Earth 6, Earth 616, I think it is, which is like the main... The main universe. The main universe. Like that is like the center point yeah. of the entire multiverse. Um So that's a fun little fact from that Spider-Man. I just love... Can we talk about that for a second? I just love the idea of the multiverse theory in general. Mm -hmm. So I think it's cool when any piece of, you know, entertainment kind of dives into that. Um, I'm going to bring up Rick and Morty here real quick. I don't know if any of you guys are interested in that show. It's actually... I think it's very entertaining and rather intelligent at times when you you know dig through all the like fart jokes but um (laughs) like not even kidding but um they delve into the multiverse theory and how there's all these different versions of ourselves um but there's one that's like the most version of you like the rickest rick what they call them like the mortiest morty so um i think that that's really interesting that that's kind of also touched on in this show as, or this film as well. This series, this whole franchise, I guess. Do you think that you're the USDU? I don't know. Man. I don't, I don't know what the Bradenisty Braden <laughs> Braden is. The Bra- I think you are the Bradenisty Braden. I don't know if I want to see any more Braden. <laughs> like I can barely control what I got. That's good. Um, yeah. Like the, the whole multiverse theory is it feels like I see it a lot lately. Like we've got it, well, maybe it's just superhero movies, but we've got it here. We've got it in the Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. We've got it apparently in Rick and Morty. Yep. Um, I'm going to be a little controversial. Multiverse is lazy. <gasps> Gasp. Gasp. Explain. I don't know. This is something that I'm kind of just coming to terms with feeling but it just feels like in comic books they kill off like every single character at some point for dramatic effect and then they decide well i want them back multiverse Mm, okay do over i hear what you're saying it just like but how do you think it's done in in this film i think this is i think this is different because they're all different characters and the multiverses are different like (laughs) spider-ham Come on. So great. Um, and he's intentionally drawn to look like Porky Pig, right? I mean, he, that that has to be just like on the nose. Well, he has the line. Should I, on the snout? Should on I the snout. On the <laughs> snoot. 
Um, he has the line in this movie where he says, that's oh. all folks. <laughs> Are we allowed to say that? <laughs> Are we allowed to say that? Yeah, because, you know, Disney is very tight-knit with their, uh, or not yeah. tight-knit, but yeah, they're just all their copyright laws. Um, Spider-Ham was part of a 17 issue series so there were 17 separate <laughs> comics about spider ham why isn't there more i mean how why many, not so many stories to tell but in the spider ham series there were amazing characters like dr duck dirt doom dr doom that's a tongue twister captain america oh yep and the goose rider like ghost rider <laughs> So, you know, just my kind of people leaning deep into the puns. That's amazing. So, yeah, there's 17 issues of that. When did, uh, when were those uh, released or when they come out? Uh, let's see. He... Is it a relatively Spider- new series? No, no. Spider-Ham made his first appearance in the 1983 Marvel Tales starring Peter Porker, <laughs> the amer- amazing Spider-Ham. That's amazing. <sighs> That's so special. And then he's shown up in quote wacky guest appearances throughout the years <laughs> i wonder so if that i wonder if that series has like a serious plot line like How what if he has to, what if he has to deal with like death or <laughs> like coming to terms with who you are like how do you come to terms with yourself being peter porker the amazing spider ham being bit by a radioactive pig yeah <laughs> but, like a spider pig i don't know spider pig spider pig um I have no idea where we were. I don't know <laughs> what we're talking, talking about. about. Uh, well, oh, yeah. Tra- the multiverse is lazy, but not this multiverse. No. Um, but yeah, like all the characters are different. So Spider-Man Noir um, didn't have his own series. No? He showed up in 2009 Spider-Man's Noir number one. So he's relatively new. Relatively new. Um, and he's. I think he's probably like the oldest one. Yeah, because he was fighting the gangsters of the Great Depression in the 30s. Um, let's see. Yeah, hasn't had an ongoing series. So it's self-titled mini. It's a self-titled miniseries uh, and a sequel miniseries hmm. that were only four issues long. But uh, watching Nick Cage record his lines, you have to go on YouTube. You have to watch it because it is... I love it. It's Cage like Nick so Cage, much. but Nick Cage knowing he's not actually on camera. Uh-huh. So he's just extra Nicky Cagier. Oh, God. I love him so much. He's just a gift. He's also a gif. <laughs> he's many gifts. Yeah. Like um, the you don't, well, I wouldn't say that's a gift. That's more of just a meme. The you don't say meme back in like the OG days of memes. You know what I'm talking about? Is anyone, no. anyone meme culture centric in our listeners? Like the you don't say. Oh, I thought you were saying like you don't say meme. No, <laughs> I thought it was like don't talk no, about Fight don't Club. Say. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about um Gwen Stacy? So she's she's her own character in Spider Man, but then she has her own like spinoff. Yeah. So at some point, let's see. So in the main universe, Gwen is not like Spider Gwen. Uh, in the main universe, she's killed by uh, Dr. Octopus, not Dr. Octopus, uh, Green Goblin. And that was like a major turning point for Peter Parker yeah. or Spider-Man. Uh, because, you know, fridging, as we've learned. Yep. 
Fridging. Fridging. Um, that was in The Amazing Spider-Man, number 121. Um, the movie version uh, is actually not the one that died, as you can tell, because she's you know alive doing stuff, you know, spider stuff. I was reading this last night, and apparently at some point this, the suit that she's wearing, like the white mm-hmm. hood suit, is actually mm-hmm. a symbiote. So kind of like how Venom is Venomy, um, her suit is actually like a spider symbiote. So it's actually like a living alien thing oh. that I don't think they touch in this movie at all. No. But that's kind of the some of the backstory of her suit and where she gets her powers is from like this spider alien creature that hmm. controls things. And it's pretty much like the opposite in her storyline too, right? Because Peter Parker dies in her universe. Yep. Peter Parker is her Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. Everyone has an Uncle Ben. Everyone's got an Uncle Ben. Yep. In fact, they point that out in the movie. Everybody had their Uncle yep. Ben. Well, who is Spider Ham's? He, I don't think he says. He just says that, you know, the hardest part of this job is you can't save everyone. Something like that. Which is like a very profound line for a pig in a spider right, a pig in a spider suit. <laughs> Um, one thing I wanted to talk about again, because there are so many spinoffs, so many, you know, different versions of Spider-Man. There was actually a musical that was written, uh, <laughs> probably about like 10 years ago or so. And there were so many problems with it. Like there were people, like they had so many like accidents, like just trying to, you know, get people up in the air, like Spider-Man. And it eventually just <laughs> fell apart and never came to be. And something that I found so interesting is y'all know Imagine Dragons, the band, right? And that first album that they had with um, the single Radioactive. So they wrote that album for the Spider-Man musical. They rewrote all of those songs so they weren't about Spider-Man. They were more like their own original songs. So the song Radioactive is was written about Peter Parker being bit by a radioactive spider. That makes so much more sense now. Doesn't it? <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah. I think that's really cool. That is pretty cool. But uh, I just, I wonder what Imagine Dragons would have been if... They were just the guys that the did guys the guys that did the Spider-Man, Spider-Man musical. musical. Who knows? We will never know. Maybe there's a universe where that happened. Maybe. Multiverse. Um, the multiverse that this movie is placed in, you can tell that it's not the main multiverse also by a bunch of different little things. Oh, tell me. Uh, so on... Uh, Miles in Miles's room, there is a poster of Chance the Rapper, but mm. instead of his signature three hat, it's a four hat. Mm. So here, a little visual for you, right there, so you can get that in your eyes. Oh, nice. That's so, cool. There's like a bunch of subtle little things. Um, also, in the introduction scene for Spider-Man Noir. We see there's an ad for EA Sports, a video game, but it's water polo, which is not a real game. Huh. There was something else I in the film. I can't remember what it was, but it was like what something. Maybe maybe you have it here. Keep keep going. Oh, I got a whole oh heap whole bunch of, of them things. Um, I think this is like my big pile of really <laughs> obvious things. Let's see. There's a spin-off movie poster in like the New York scene like where there he's out there um so you know the movie Shaun of the Dead yes so there's a sequel poster up there titled From Dusk to Shaun <laughs> um 
Yeah. So, or it maybe it's not a sequel. Maybe it's just it's supposed to be a different version of the this same movie. It, yeah. But there's even references to like Steve Curry and Blake Griffin. Uh, like Blake Griffin is one of the brightest stars in Major League Baseball. Hmm. Not the sport that he plays sports in <laughs> now. Gotcha. Um. But there's a bunch of running gags. Like, you see Stan Lee in a couple of different places because he has to have his cameos mm-hmm. for any Marvel characters. Wasn't this his last one? Um, or one of his last ones? It was he died one last of his year. last ones. R.I.P. So, you know, pour one out for the homie. Um, but, yeah, you actually see him in the subway train or, like, the train as Miles is becoming, like, Spider-Man. You see him there. You see him in the crowd uh when like after the train so like when he and peter like fat peter parker that's what i'm gonna call him like fat peter parker (laughs) are like unconscious you see him obviously he sells the spider-man suit to miles earlier in when like real spider-man dies Mm -hmm. so like he's kind of all over the place um there's a running gag where miles literally never has a shoe tied yeah and you can see it like when he's you actually see it in the commercial for the movie where he like jumps off the building and he's like falling upside down mm-hmm. his shoes untied so is there a reason behind that or it's just no dude just doesn't know how to tie his shoes but for continuity like like we're... they're dedicated yeah like that shoe ain't getting tied <laughs> i just yeah this there's obviously a lot of thought that went into this film a lot of you know creativity of course but like really dedicated to making sure that you know the spider-man universe universes i should say were were accurately portrayed there's a lot of real life references Mm -hmm. um like the shoes that miles wears they're air jordan one retro high ogs or breads for you sneaker heads out there and I like how it kind of like breaks the fourth wall a couple of different times. Like it's like narrated by, is it only narrated by fat Peter Parker the whole time? Or is it narrated by the original Peter Parker? No. Fat Peter Parker. Fat Peter Parker. I like how we've degraded to just fat <laughs> I'm Peter so Parker sorry, but I mean Peter Parker. <laughs> I know I did that to us. <laughs> you did it. But it's sticking and I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm embracing it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just... So much work was put into this, the animation, the the story itself. Um, and, you know, again, for somebody who was kind of completely unaware of the universes, it was still really entertaining. And it was still, like I said, it's a little confusing, but I mean, like, just, you know, pay attention when you watch movies. Don't be on your phone. Note to self. <laughs> Things will make more sense. But it's it, it was such... It was such a fun experience watching this movie when Braden was like, let's review this. I was like, yes, I've been wanting to watch this. And I'm always a fan of any Oscar winner. So I was really, I, I wasn't say I was surprised when it won the best picture, best animated film, but I was like, hmm, I mean, it's gotta be pretty good if it won best animated film, because especially if it beat out Pixar, because Pixar always wins or Disney or both, I guess, because they're basically the same thing now. But that was a big reason why I wanted to watch it. Also, 
of all of the superheroes out there, Spider-Man was one of the few that I actually watched more than one of his films. The other would be Batman. Um, I'm Batman. Which is still my favorite superhero. Meh. We can that could be its own thing. Batman Just bring is, Rich in here, and we'll talk Batman about which is, is the best poor, superhero. Is a poor man's Iron Man. Catch me outside. Mm, How about that? Okay, we won't get into that. But anyway, um, I enjoyed it. I loved this movie, and I look forward to what else they're going to do with this series. Um, it made me kind of want to watch all of the Marvel movies. Watch them. I don't have a year to just... <laughs> There's so many. Come on. I mean, your kid's just growing... Like, they don't grow that much in this time. Yes, they do. Like, Come nothing on. really changes. You've got time. <laughs> it's fine. He's already, like doubled his weight in three months so yeah no he changes I'm, quite a bit i'm a, i'm basically like an expert veteran parent with my <laughs> almost 11 month old who took her first steps this weekend <gasps> oh my oh, god totes adorbs Yay! you better have gotten that on on film my wife did okay on film that is such a dated term on film did you catch it on the talkie <laughs> picture shows speaking of first my son rolled over this weekend <gasps> so Oh, goodness. Isn't the it? joys. I don't know if you felt this or if I'm just a bad person, but like the older my daughter gets, the more fun I have because she can do stuff now. No, I 100% agree. Okay. I, yeah. I, she was a baby. It was like, just poke her and be like, do well, something. Well, you're terrified of like breaking them oh, when yeah. they're that little. And then the older they get, like you bump them into something on accident, of course. I'm you're sorry. like, oh, you do whoops. What? <laughs> I have never done anything like that. <laughs> I've just watched my daughter, like, on purpose with a smile on her face, like, skydive off the edge of the bed and just, like, <laughs> face plant. And then she looks at me like, "Do did it hurt? Do I Do, care? Should I be Should I be concerned about I'm my own health? I'm just going to lean into cry and see what you do. <laughs> All right. Let's get into our official review of... Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I'm going to give this one, I want to give it a full five, but just for me personally, I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of five. Just just because... Commit. Just because... We're allowed half points here. You made that rule up last time because (laughs) you all want like 0.238. No, no, we did quarter points last time. We allow half points here all the time. But I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of five just because... It was a little confusing for me because I was unfamiliar with the whole multiverse within Spider-Man. I didn't know it was a thing. But now that I know, maybe I'll enjoy it even more the next time I watch it. Who's to say? But I did really enjoy it. I will just sing praises about the animation over and over and over again because it is absolutely incredible. The voice acting, all of the acting is incredible. The soundtrack is great. The story is fun. It's family friendly. And everyone loves, I wouldn't say everyone, but I'd say most people love a superhero story. And I think that it's one that everyone can enjoy. So, yeah. I don't want to meet anybody that doesn't love a superhero story. <laughs> like, I just don't. Everyone loves good triumphing over evil. There we go. Yeah. Anybody that doesn't love that, like, I ain't got room for you in my life. Who are you? Like, get out of here. All right, Braden, what's your review? I'm going to give it. A five out of five because I commit to the things I love. (laughs) It was. You'd be embarrassed about what I have given a five out of five on this show. Give me one. Shrek. Shrek? Donkey. I mean, Shrek is a classic though. 
I mean, it did give us the jewel that is ogres are like onions. <laughs> you know, they got layers. Um, Cakes no. have layers. Visually stunning. Awesome cast. Voice acting was fantastic. I loved all of the Easter eggs, which isn't unique to just this movie, but I liked it referenced a number of different Spider-Man movies in mm-hmm. our universe. So I think it was very deep, but I think even if you come hashtag in... Deep. Hashtag deep. Um, even if you come into it without watching any superhero movies or knowing any of the backstory that the Easter eggs kind of offer, Cassie I think... By, yeah. yeah, I think you still have a whirlwind experience where you have highs and lows. You see love, you see anger, you see pain, and we don't have to watch Uncle Ben die again. <laughs> but we watch Aaron Davis die, so. Uncle Aaron Davis, yes. Still, there's everyone has an Uncle Ben. Yes. Uh, on Uncle Aaron's TV in one of the scenes, it has, yes. he's showing an episode of The Community with, Donald Glover yes, or Charles that's Gambino what I was that's what I was trying to remember. Wearing a Spider Man outfit. Yes. Spider Man pajamas. And I love Donald Glover too. Didn't he play Aaron Davis in something? Or am I making that up? He did. He played Aaron Davis in Spider Man Homecoming. Well, there you go. It all comes full circle. Well, Braden, thank you for joining me on this one. Thank you for recommending this movie. I really enjoyed it. Of course. And guys, if you have any recommendations for movies, TV shows that I should review, let me know. I challenge everybody who listens to this to send in the recommendation that we review Smoking the Bandit. And everybody that sends in that recommendation, I will personally send a Team Braden sticker with my face on it. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. (laughs) I have so many coming in the mail you got to get rid of them because we can't keep them all here. Um, one thing I am going to tell you guys about now is during the month of October is going to be spooky season. Mm. And so every week I will be reviewing with fellow Atlas family members, I guess I'll say, uh, different horror films. So look out for that. That's going to be fun. But um, until then, guys, thanks for listening. Scary movie number one. Braden's first homecoming dance. (laughs) Nightmares. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Let us know in the comments what you're watching and if you think we should give it a review. Until next time, keep streaming.